everyone, and welcome to our podcast show, Ladies with Chapters, where we empower, engage, and inspire women to live, love, and embrace their lives and chapter stories. I am your host, Shemaine. Good afternoon, ladies. My guest today is Nancy Matea. Did I say that correct? I said it correctly. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> I'm going to say Commissioner Matea. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. And I just can't wait to have this conversation and really talk about what it means to be in this space. So yes, let's do it. Yes. So Commissioner Matea, you hold a government official position. You are the commissioner for Carl Spring. Tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot to say about it, right? So we made history in our city in November 3rd by electing the first Black woman, first Haitian American to hold the seat of commissioner in our city. Also the first scientist. My background's in environmental sciences with a specialty in policy and regulation and water quality and really bringing all those different aspects of myself to the dais, I think is a asset to our community. Being a Black woman, being a person of Haitian descent, being someone who sees the environment from a different lens, opposed of many other individuals who don't think climate change is an issue, don't understand how it directly impacts them. I'm able to like bring all of that together. And I'm super excited to have made history, but definitely super excited to see other individuals that look like me definitely take on the torch when I'm gone. So I'm definitely the first, but I don't want to be the last because then again, it's like, what am I leaving behind? What legacy have I created to ensure that more people like me are elected here in Coral Springs? So being the first, I mean, how did that make you feel? Like how the feeling, I want I want to go through the motion of the feeling that you went through when you heard that you were elected. And I'm taking that you are elected by the people. You were not appointed by the mayor. Right. I was elected by the people. My team and I, that night, it, it was a lot of joy, right? We all know what was happening nationally, what was happening here in our backyards around white supremacy, to be honest. And how that showed up in my city was very, very alarming. So actually winning was a surreal moment, right? It's like, ah, like a relief, like we did it. But then it was another feeling of, wow, we did it. The people truly believe and resonate with my message. Now I can't let you down. Like I really have to show up, really follow through with my promises and ensure that their voices are being heard. So it was a moment of gratitude, but also was a moment of, wow, the ancestors are proud, right? Because to say this, I know this has never happened before in the city of Coral Springs. So it's like we continue to Well, nationally, we saw this on a national level, on a state level, and even on local levels that we continue to break barriers. And when I say we, I mean black and brown individual women, black women continue to show up and we continue to to do what we do best, which is show show out. So it it was a great feeling. It was a great feeling. I heard environmental and biologists in there. That's your background. 
Yes, my background's in environmental sciences. Okay. Um, I really lean into the water quality aspect of things. Uh, there is biology in all of this. It's the, all the sciences, right? But really my core is policy, really implementing the science behind everything to ensure policy changes, okay. right? So we know, we see the data, we see yes. that climate change is out here. We see that the fluctuation with weather, we see the extreme events. So how are we changing policies to ensure that we really hinder those burdens, right? How are we ensuring that when people, for example, you mentioned this to me, you're of Bahamian descent. You knew a lot of people or saw a lot of people impacted on the island of the Bahamas because yes. of Hurricane Dorian. Correct. And it's not that they were ill-prepared because the Bahamas has some really great resiliency measures. They build their, their infrastructure in a way that that can withstand 175 miles yeah. winds, right? It still came and, and hurt them in such a large way. Right. And so what policies are you now implementing? Thanks. Because these measures are no longer sustaining or ensuring that your infrastructure is resilient. So that's where I come in, understanding the science and really implementing that science to ensure that we're changing things to help our communities. Awesome. Level rise is an issue here in South Florida. So we're having a lot of climate gentrification. The data is showing that the seas are rising, developers are coming in, and the people who have lived in a certain area for 50 plus years are being pushed out or, or moved out. So what policies are, are in place to protect them from okay. being displaced? So share with me some of the project that you are working on or one of the highlight of a project that you've already worked on. Because I've been watching and I've seen where, you know, you go, you, you had like a, I want to say an insect or an animal in your hand. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so, so give, give me, give me one or one or two of the highlight moment that what you are project that you're working on right now. So first and foremost, one of the most important projects that I feel like I'm working on every day mm -hmm. is meeting new people. Okay. Ensuring that I am still in tune with community. Community knows me. I know them. That's one of my biggest projects. And that, I don't think that's anything that's going to decrease anytime soon, right? Exactly. And okay. so uh, one, of, one of my favorite projects that I'm super proud of that I get to work on in partnership with other individuals is this Saturday, I'm citizenship drive, right? I'm of Haitian descent. I know uh, lots of individuals who have temporary protection status or who are trying to qualify for a visa or a green card. And it's hard and it's expensive. Yes. So this service in partnership with Florida Immigrant Coalition and in partnership with Living Word Christian Center, we are opening the doors. Thank you, Living Word Christian Center awesome. is opening its doors to allow us to help people fill out their um, immigration paperwork. Okay. There'll be lawyers there. And then if they qualify for the waiver, they may not even have to pay for it. And all of these services are for free. Free. Okay. Is that going to be a consistent thing you guys partnership with and trying to pull it off every month or every quarter? How, how is that going to work out for you? So based on what the turnout is tomorrow, being that we're still in a pandemic, yes. we're going to see how frequent that we do this. This is something that I want to continue on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But I also know 
the reality that we're in right now. Yes. We have a new president who does, who does believe in immigration reform. Yes. And we may not even need to do this in three months, right? Because exactly. he is going to make it, there's going to be a better access well, to yeah. our pathway for a citizenship, oh. right? Yes. Or one other project that I'm working on that I'm super proud of is food security. I, in partnership with Living Word Christian Center, is doing food distributions every first Saturday of the month. Okay, um, that's awesome. That, thank that, you. That, that is awesome. And you are, Carl Spring is in that South Florida. Where exactly is this area that you, that, that you are the commissioner of? Where exactly is Carl Spring? So Coral Springs is in the Northwest Broward area. So we're in Broward County. We are actually on the border. We're at the very, very end of Broward. Like literally the next light is Boca Raton, right? Hillsborough. Okay. So we are sandwiched between Parkland, Boca, Coconut Creek, that area. We are, there's a lot of people here who are very affluent or well off. And there's a lot of people here who are still trying to make ends meet. So we have a fluctuation of people who live in our city but that doesn't mean that people don't need services that they don't want access to services so really ensuring that folks feel like they're getting resources is one of my top priorities while i am a commissioner here in coral springs awesome so i have to ask this question you are a commissioner now and i'm sure people like myself who are going to be following you who are going to be watching you because truly i am so proud of you like you have no idea how proud i am to see you in this position and to see that you were elected by the people not someone appoint you you are elected by the people you know they chose for you to be there for you to represent them so i'm going to ask you because i want to say that you told me this i expect you to go further i expect to go uphill from here because i mean we're going to come back to how women uh breaking the glass ceiling because we already witnessed so many of this happening and like yourself so i want to ask you where what is next for nancy mateo what is next for you that's hard to say because at the moment right now i'm really trying to focusing on being the best commissioner now if the opportunity presents itself yeah i'll definitely consider it but you don't been raised or been instilled like you don't want to run before you can walk, right? I really want to ensure that I'm doing right by the people. And if this is for me in the next four years, maybe by the end of the four years, I'm like, okay, I did it. I did what I said I was going to do. Now it's time for me to just be active in the community and contribute that way. Where I may say, hey, you know, tomorrow I wake up, I say, I want to run for president of the United States. And that's what what happens. But as of right now, I definitely am concentrating on being the best commissioner that I can be. Awesome. That is great. That is great. Love to hear it. So I'm going to ask you, what did you always knew that you wanted to serve the people? Or when did this came to Nancy and say, hey, I... I think I'm going to do this. When, when, when did that all started for you? So if I tell you the story, <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be a lawyer in D.C., you know, in my brownstone, just being a lawyer. I never <laughs> thought that I would be an elected official. Really? Um, this opportunity fell in my lap. I previously ran for mayor in 2019. It was a special election. It was a 60-day race, came in second. 
are you serious? I yes. don't know. I know. How did I miss that piece about you? <laughs> and it, I ran in a phenomenal race in 60 days. I ran because I didn't like my options. I didn't like the individuals in that race. And I said, okay, if no one else is stepping up to the plate, I'm going why in. I, yeah, why can't I do it? <laughs> and so I did, came in second, and then I did not win, but decided, realized there was another seat open. There, someone was vacating. It was a, a termed out a seat, seat three. And I said, I'm, I'm going to try again. Try and I ran against six other people. No, five Did other people. Use? There were six of us in the race. And I, I became the victor. So wow. hard work pays off. I was sitting, to my, your point about when did I decide, I was sitting at a Starbucks, looking up, realized there was a special election coming up, and decided to run. Decided to run. It was just that simple. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like something I thought, oh, like... I, I psyched myself out of, I literally was with a friend catching up, having coffee. They're like, oh, you, you have an election coming up. What are your thoughts? And I was like, I don't even know these people. Let me look this up. Didn't like it and then decided to run. Wow. That is such an amazing story. I love it. So I also saw where you talking to other people about, you know, running for office and you're giving tips and that is, that is great. Yeah. I love that. I how is the turnout for that? Are people like, you know, coming, stepping up to the plate and want to know, want to know what the routine, what they need to do? How is that turning out for you? Because I think it is an amazing effort. I, so again, like I had mentioned to you, like what legacy am I trying to leave behind? If if I'm the first and the only, then what does that mean? I didn't really yeah, make like, a change, I, right? So this is just a way for me to give back in a sense. Um, I talk to young women, women of color all the time about the beautiful things about running and the very ugly things about running, right? Yeah, everyone sees the glory, the title, oh yeah, access, but no one sees the really, the hard work behind it. All of the nasty things that people say about you, all the money, all the time that you, do not spend with your family because you're out trying to win people's hearts because that's what you're doing. You're trying to win their hearts. So my advice to folks who do want to run is be yourself because people see through fakeness, whatever you want to say, people can see that you're not authentic, you're not genuine. Yes. So truly be yourself because you don't want to get into office. You portrayed yourself some way and you get into office and it's you, it's, it takes a lot to maintain that fake persona that you're putting on. Just be true to yourself. Also, run on a platform that you believe in believe and you know that the community wants. Don't run on things that or a platform that you want to execute because you want the glory or you think this is what's best for the community. Yes. I literally knocked on doors and was like, what issues concern you mm -hmm. and what would you like to see changed in our city? You heard, you heard and you listened to what they had to say. It's crazy that you said that about being true is because I you're right about that. I feel like, you know, in your position, you have to not only be true to yourself, but you have to be that strong person who knows your worth. You know that this is what I'm going to do. I want to do it. And I'm going to give it 110%. And there's something I always feel like 
people would facade, you know, they put, like you said, don't, you know, don't be fake or, you know, put that, don't put that facade on. Cause I always feel like facade is for a house or building, you know, be genuine to yourself. And that's your true, show your true colors. So you are definitely right about, right about that. So actually that brought me to my next question about, we talked earlier and, you know, we talk about how women are breaking the glass ceiling. We have seen it more now than before. The inauguration just happened, the Harris Biden inauguration, the poet. How did that make you feel when you heard Amanda Gorman? Because I'm gonna tell you how I felt, and I wanna know how you feel being just elected in the position that you are serving the community. And I read somewhere there where she actually did a poet for Miami, if I could be wrong, but I saw something where she did in her early childhood, you know, years. So tell me, how did that make you feel when you heard her? Well, her words were exactly what many people of color, Black women, Black men, Latinx, Native Americans felt. She said some things that really resonated of where we are presently as in this country, right? Like, we want to move forward, but we haven't healed yet, right? And in order for us to heal, we have to tell the truth. We have to come, we have to talk about the uglies that is presented here in America. And that's, and that's racism, that's inequalities. And until we address that, we can never move forward. And I think with this administration, there's a sense of hope that that will be addressed. I mean, it won't go away, but it will start a conversation that's so needed and much needed to move our country forward. These past, the past four years, prior to the Biden and Harris administration. It's been a lot. It was a lot. I just, we all felt like it took us 50 years back. And her really speaking to that and her really saying, listen, I hear you. I see you. America, this is this the same America you live in is the same America I live in. The America that's for you is an America for me. And until we come together and realize that America has many different fabrics of life, um, we're made up of so many different people and start embracing each other's differences, I think we can go a long way opposed to this narrative where it's like very male-led, white male-led, old white male-led. Yes, you're right. The patriarchy and the white supremacy that really is emboldened a lot of the issues in the past four years, then I think we can move forward. Like, let's denounce first and foremost what happened at the Capitol. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. that behavior was, that. <laughs> yeah, that behavior was unacceptable, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so until we start holding folks like that accountable, until we start calling a sheep a sheep, a duck a duck, we will not be able to move forward. And like you said, you know, with this new administration, we have, there is hope. There is definitely hope in, um, in seeing the change that we need. So I want to ask you, the journey to here, we talk about, you know, what the country is facing, what, you know, the racism, the social, all of that. 
your journey. How was that journey for you? I want my election. <laughs> I have. I could write a book wanna, one I day. Wanna <laughs> I want to snip it off. It. Yeah, like I definitely experienced white supremacy, the lies from I wasn't born here. I don't speak English. <laughs> my qualifications are not true. People question my qualifications all the time. I'm of island descent. I'm of Haitian descent. So. And that ain't going to change. Traditionally, you live with your parents until you get married. I don't know about you, but I live in a, house, a Haitian household that's super conservative. Yes. So, like, it's not only saving money, but, like, why leave? That's, and that's, you know what I mean? What <laughs> that's what island people do. You have three generations under a roof. So people would legitimately say things like, oh, what kind of lived experiences do you have because you still live at home? Like things like that, or I've heard comments about my hair. I have locks. I've heard comments of why, why I don't have children, why I'm not married. Like it was just a lot of belittling, a lot of the reason why you can't, never a reason why I don't want to vote for you. It's but you still strong. Yeah, always trying to find a way, a fine flaw within me, not a flaw within the issues or what I was trying to present. So when those attacks came my way, I, I definitely was like, listen, if you want to have a conversation with me, I would be more than happy to discuss the issues and where I stand on these issues. But I will not tolerate you belittling me, discrediting me, um, and making me feel inferior because you have insecurities. Exactly. You're afraid of this change or this movement yes. that's happening because yeah. it's not a moment. It's a movement. Like, Correct. We are breaking ceilings. Women in record numbers are running for office. Black women are running for office. Say right? that again, girl. We they are breaking, and that's all I'm saying, like breaking that glass ceiling, and we have been seeing it more now than ever. Absolutely. It's a great feeling. It it's is a great feeling. It's amazing feeling. It's, yeah. a, it's a great feeling to turn on the television and say, oh my goodness, she looks like me or she may be able to relate like me because she she's gone through things that only me and her can understand right you know like that is important it's important for young black girls to see someone like me like my my niece i'm an environmentalist and i do a lot of science experiments with her she wants to be a marine biologist because i've exposed her to that she understands that she sees black scientists around her her mom's a scientist i'm a scientist my friends are scientists so like when you see things you're able to become those things right mm -hmm. and so it's super important that we continue to amplify representation because it really does matter you are so right about that because the next generation they are watching like you said your niece you know your sister they you know, she's watching everything that you guys are doing. And it is so important for us as adults to make sure, what, like you said, the legacy that you're going to leave behind, that then someone can follow it. So I, I totally agree with you. We have to do things that they can, you know, look at us and see that we are so they can follow in our, in our footsteps. That is amazing. So... What advice, I want to know, coming from you, what advice will you leave to anyone listening 
They're going to listen to our podcast. They're going to hear it. They can play it back over and over and over and over. What advice will you leave for the young black minority, whatever race are here? And what advice are you gonna, would you give to them today? You can be anything you want to be. It's you are your biggest critic, right? I would start by saying, find a mentor. That is my biggest advice. And whatever it is that you want to do, if you want to be the best seamstress, if you want to be the best waitress, if you want to be the, the next president, find a mentor who's in the same career path or in the, still the same profession as you because they are able to help mold you and guide you and give you the advice that you need. So you're successful. That I think is the reason why I've become so successful is because I had people who poured into me, who believed in me, who wanted the best for me. And they did that by having those hard conversations like, Nancy, this is, this is not for you. Maybe you need to do this or having those conversations like you can do this. Like you are what Coral Springs needs right mm -hmm. now. Right. And I heard that a lot. Sometimes I was just like, I don't want to do this, but those folks, those mentors and mentees, and sometimes it doesn't have to even be someone older than you. It could be peer-to-peer -peer mentorship that will help elevate you to the next or amplify you to the next role in your life. So please definitely reach out. Sometimes it's a horizontal move, a lateral move, where it's the person right next to you who's in the paint, who's struggling with you, who's saying, listen, you can do this. And let me speak to my experience and why we all believe in you. So mentorship is so, so important. And when you get where you are, make sure you turn around and reach back and get somebody and bring someone with you. Because, because if something happens to you, who's going to replace you? And I always think like, I want my replacement to be someone that I fully trust because I'm not going to be able to do this forever the future generation has to take care of me. So I want to make sure that that next person coming up behind me is well-equipped, is knowledgeable, and can do the work. Yes. Thank you so much. Nancy, I'm not even going to say Nancy. I'm going to say Commissioner Mateer. I am so happy. I am so pleased. And I so appreciate you being here with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see all the great work that you continue to do in our communities. And if you ever want me to come back, I would be more than happy to and share some additional wisdom and some words of encouragement. Girl, you know there's going to be an episode two, three, and four, right? <laughs> be more than happy to come. <laughs> yes.